It's all around you, behind the purchase of homes, cars, electronics, and countless other items. There's a system in place that enables the millions of credit-based transactions that occur every day to be conducted quickly and efficiently. Knowing what's on your credit report is extremely important and everybody should be checking their credit report at least yearly. The internet is littered with videos and posts on credit reporting, how it works, how to check your rating, how to get a better rating. It's important to anyone who's trying to get a loan. But there's also ads for credit reporting agencies, those who collect information on our credit histories. Vita have created search results summaries, as well as filtering on the search results, that enable users, even expert users, to quickly understand the risk of an entity that they're dealing with. Australia's major credit reporting agency, Vita Advantage, has been in the news because it's being investigated on accusations it sold personal financial information to marketing companies and kept incorrect information about people's credit histories. Professor Justin Malbin joins me for this episode of Business Briefing. He's an expert in consumer law from Monash University. He can explain how credit reporting agencies operate and what can go wrong. They are private organisations. A lot of the information they get is just from public records. For example, they'll check the bankruptcy records, they'll check with courts whether there's been any um, uh, findings against someone. Also, there has been a system by which there could be an institution reporting on someone. And in fact, that process has been abused as well. So outside of that, uh, the agencies will just collect the information that they're entitled to collect. There are limitations on what they're entitled to collect under the Privacy Act, and they're required to comply with a code of practice under the Privacy Act. So there are now, of the last couple of years, regulations being placed on those agencies to constrain one, the kind of information they're keeping, and two, the accessibility of that information, including to people who are being reported upon. Are credit agencies required to keep up-to-date credit histories under law? Does this vary between agencies? There is an obligation under the legislation, under the code, for consumers, ordinary people, to have access, free access to their records. So it is possible to go to the websites of uh, these organisations and order a credit report on you and uh, they've got up to 10 days to provide that information to you. So it's a good idea to request that information so that you can check that it's accurate, particularly if you've got suspicions about the fact that you're not getting a loan or, or uh, a rental, uh, you've got suspicions so that you, you'd really want to check the records to make sure that that's not the reason why you're being rejected. It seems at the moment that the situation is reliant on people being informed about their own credit histories and, and checking this themselves. Is this an effective form of regulation in your opinion? Obviously there needs to be an obligation on the credit holder, sorry, the record holder to ensure that they've got systems in place to ensure the, the accuracy of their information. Now, I mean, apart from anything else, they're paying clients, the, the lenders and so on, want accurate information. They obviously don't want stuff that's not true. There must be some risk to the organisation if they're giving uh, dis deceptive and misleading uh, information to a paying client, that is a problem for them. So it would make business sense, apart from anything else, for the uh, credit reporting agency to have systems in place to maximise the possibility that the information is true and accurate and minimise the chances of, of it being inaccurate. Problem is uh, you will find on some sites that for a fee they will give you the information straight away 
uh, and will update you on any changes, but for nothing, you have to wait the whole 10 days. And sometimes they put a few more hurdles in that application process, basically trying to encourage people to pay them. And uh, that's not the aim of what the law is seeking to do, not to create a whole new business model for, for the agencies, but rather it's designed to ensure that the information is accurate. I, I, I fail to see how it costs you $80 more to give it straight away than, uh, than in 10 days' time. I think that information is very readily available with computer systems these days. What sort of legal recourses are there if uh, consumers do suspect that their credit history information is incorrect? Well, the first port of call is if you find that the information about you is incorrect, then you would obviously approach the agency and ask them to correct it. If they don't, you've got uh, an inter- they've got uh, an internal complaint system by which you say, and they've got to respond within a maximum of 30 days. If you're finding that they, they're, they're either not taking your complaint seriously or they're, they're not doing anything about it, then you can then take the complaint to the Privacy Commissioner. The Privacy Commissioner can make a decision as to whether the complaint is substantiated can or the commissioner can determine whether reasonable steps were taken by the credit provider to ensure that the information was correct or misleading. Uh, and if the uh, commissioner so finds, may find that there's been a breach of the Privacy Act and that the, the, the information given was misleading and deceptive, uh, the sorts of orders that the commissioner can make is to require a written apology from the credit reference agency. It can require that the Uh, inaccurate information on the record be corrected and that misleading information not be passed on to any third party. And it is also possible for the Commissioner to make more general orders requiring, for example, that the credit provider or credit reference agency, sorry, uh, develop revised training uh, packages and practices, uh, engage an independent auditor, and the Commissioner can also impose an economic or non-economic um, fine. So, in other words, it can the commissioner can assess whether there's been an economic loss and then uh, provide a compensation for that, and it can also effectively impose a, a penalty for any interference of privacy. This system of, of having these companies handle credit histories is something that's being used all over the world. Other countries have similar models. But is it time that this is taken out of private hands and put into sort of more accountable hands if there are the problems such as we've seen in the accusations against Vita Advantage? There's there's a long problem with that. And, and one of the suggestions for reform have, have been, you know, why, why can't there be an independent government agency which isn't conflicted, you know, it doesn't have a personal... Uh, private interest in it. So this, this debate's been going for some time. Uh, I guess the problem is who, do, who pays? Is it the taxpayer or is it industry? So I guess if there was some kind of government agency, you would have to set up a fee structure or uh, some financial structure in which industry, the beneficiaries of, of that information, uh, pay for it. And I guess to some extent uh, there could be an argument that... Um, there, there should be some additional cost to consumers because if, for example, we had uh, a situation where lenders and so on didn't have access to any information, so they therefore took on, w- without having sufficient information, took on high-risk uh, borrowers, 
then that cost of their defaults will eventually get passed on to consumers. So in a sense, consumers have an interest as, as, a, as a kind of a generality in relatively accurate information being passed around uh, so that um, we don't bear the cost of inefficient decision-making based on inaccurate and unreliable information or non-existent information. That's Professor Justin Melbourne from Monash University and I'm Jenny Henderson. Our theme music is by Ben Sound and you can hear more business briefing by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by visiting the Conversations website.